budgeting, saving, and reaching your financial rewards. Money, money, money. Money, money. money Talks on Newstalks FB. Time to talk money with our resident money expert, Marcus Hull, who's uh, Mortgage Ability Director of New Zealand. Uh, good morning, Marcus. Good morning, Nick. How are you going? Great, thank you. 0800 801080 is the number. If you'd like to call Marcus, we'll, he'll take your call. Uh, he'll give you advice for free. Uh, or text us on 9292. Righto, Marcus, I'll start by asking you a question. Food prices seem to be still skyrocketing, with Rabobank reporting 40% of household spending more than $200 a week on food, up from up 35% from last year. What does that mean for the average Kiwi household? Um, well, in simple terms, you know, their, their average cost has gone up, you know, and that's the CPI has gone up, and they're spending more more on food. And so some households would probably have to make a bit of a sacrifice. Maybe they've got to buy a cheaper cut of meat, or maybe they've got to cut back on how much meat. It might be some more vegetarian meals, might be shopping down at the vegetable markets in the weekend to cut back on that cost. But, yeah, definitely they might have to be making some choices there. And how do they actually save that money? I mean, how do you actually physically, I mean, if you're not going out to cafes for morning teas or you're not uh, going to the movies or you're not doing stuff that, you know, that that you normally will, once you've cut that sort of stuff out, how do you still save again? Well, some of it could be around that shopping that we've spoken about in the past is, you know, having that menu, going to the supermarket, just buying what's on that list. And if you can, buying in bulk, obviously, buying some of the things that are on special. And like I mentioned, it could be some of the cheaper cuts of meat that you're going to do a stew as opposed to fillet steak. And it's tough because, you know, I remember, you know, talking to the father-in-law and he said when he, you know, originally came out here from England, he'd go to the butcher and ask for stuff. And it was like that was what they're biffing out or giving that for people for dog food and stuff. And it was actually really good cuts of meat. But now we pretty much export everything, even things like uh, lamb flaps that used to, um, go to the dog shanks. I mean, I mean shank um, lamb shanks. Lamb we used shanks. to we used to buy them for the dog. And they're like three for twenty bucks down yeah. the supermarket. Fifty Crazy. cents each. I can remember them. You know, and you buy four of them, put them in the oven while you're cooking the roast at the bottom of the oven, and give them to the dog. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Yeah. So, uh, on the topic of food, many families are opting for food boxes as potentially more economical and convenient option. Now, I'm, I'm one of those people. I've just started, uh, I think the one I'm with is HelloFresh, you know, uh, and I, I'm i really appreciating it. I think, A, it's costing me, saving me money, saving me a lot of money because I don't go to the supermarket every day for to get what I need for that dinner. Yes, yep. uh, and, and I think that it's easier and I don't have to actually have that one question every night. What's for dinner? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're a good thing. Um, some people say, oh, they're a bit more expensive. But like you said, it's going to cut down on wastage because you've got everything in there that you need. And it can be, um, say so, so both parents are working and they're time poor. What if they could do an extra hour at work on whatever they get paid per hour? And the kids can cook that. The instructions are there. And a lot of people say, you know, Nadia Lim's taught a generation of New Zealanders to cook. Yes. So in that, those sort of circumstances, um, one, less wastage. Two, you're saving yourself time because someone else is doing that for you. It's all it's all listed out there. I, I think that can be a good thing. And I know a lot of people have got, um, for their children, bargain box. And that's sort of like more burgers, pastas and stuff that'll fill up a teenager. And you know, I know families are really keen on those things. Do they, bottom line, actually make a better deal? Do they save you money? 
Well, it just depends. I mean, you could probably obviously go to. It's, the I know shop that. I know that. I mean, I know that it saves me money, but yeah. you know, would it save an average person money? Went to the shop and bought all those ingredients. I think you're going to say, "Well, I can buy that stuff cheaper." But if you have to buy a whole jar of something when they give you a tiny package, maybe there is a saving there. Ensure uh, there's going to be a delivery cost, and you know, it's and you're paying for someone to create all of that. So that's a little bit more. But if you're saving that. That time, you know, the time is the most important thing that you've got. And so yeah. if you can work for another hour, both of you, and your kids prepare half of that or do the whole thing, well, you know, what do you get paid per hour? I suppose what that's going to cost you. And I think that you you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, if you need a little bit of this spice or a little bit of that spice, you go and buy the whole thing and then you leave the bag and a year later you've still got it in your cupboard. You go, oh, is that still okay? And used by is gone. And so, yeah, I think it make, makes a lot of sense. 0800 80 1080 is the number if you'd like to talk to Marcus or ask Marcus a question, anything to do with finance, house financing, um, you know, how to do prepare your budget better. Marcus, someone interesting call that I had from a friend uh, uh, the other day said that he is having and he's a very well you know well respected businessman he said he's having a hell of a lot of trouble with his bank at the moment he's uh, obviously a friend of mine so he's into hospitality but he's also got a, a reasonably large property holding he's saying that the bank doesn't even want to talk to him at the moment well I mean yeah, if he went in there or made an appointment, I'm sure, um, you know, if, if someone's under hardship, they've got an obligation and the responsible lending code to, to talk to you and come up with solutions. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be some I mean, I think he's more, I think yeah. he's more that he's saying that they he's trying to do more deals and put more things together and they're sort of making it more difficult. I mean, I think that's what they, you they mean. They haven't got an appetite for but any no. more risk at this stage, yeah. yeah. Are you finding that too? Um, well... I, I would argue at the moment, you know, because there's less house sales going through, they're actually quite keen to do deals, and that's on the you know, residential mortgage front, so this could be a little bit different what you're talking about. Yeah, business finance I'm talking you know, about, yeah. Because there's less deals going through, um, they're trying to attract good customers, and there's things like that 1% cash back out there at the moment for you know taking a new mortgage. Um, that just shows that they're trying to attract new business in, because the bottom line, the bank's not going to make money if they're not lending any money. Okay. Uh, I think it's more serious than that. I don't know whether the banks have got an appetite for risk at the moment that they may have had three or four years ago. They might ago. have too much hospitality risk on the books. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just sort of just yeah, a cutting the back. Okay. Yeah. We're hearing constantly that young Kiwis are making the most of borders being open and are heading overseas to work and travel. How important is it for them to take into account their student loans and what to do with them? Um, well, I think it's very important. I mean, you know, you've got you've got that loan there. You've got an obligation. You owe the money. Um, I have had at the budget service a couple of people over the years that have, um, you know, gone over there, and it's like, you know, maybe Tom's got a bit tough. They forgot about paying it, and then another one that was, I'll oh, stuff it. I'm never paying it, and then something happened to a family member, and oh, I need to come home for a funeral, and then it was like, oh. We would need to face up for this. So, you know, I negotiated with the IRD around some of the penalties, etc. So I think if you're in New Zealand and you're working, it just comes out, the set amount comes out every week or fortnight out of your, out of your paycheck. It looks after itself. It's interest-free. If you go overseas, the interest is going to start building on that. So you need to have that payment plan set up. And a, a good way to do that is through a uh, money transfer, FX transfer company, probably cheaper than doing it through your local bank if you're overseas. But um, that money's there, you've got a debt, and it's not going to go away. It's going to keep climbing. You said that you rang the IRD and did a deal. That sort of um, brings another question to mind. What sort of uh, appetite do the IRD to have to doing a deal? Well, I've always found um, I'm just the intermediary as a volunteer budget advisor, and I call them up and 
have to go, you know, provide them with a, a budget statement, a privacy waiver, et cetera, et cetera. But they've they've always been amenable. You know, they realise you know it's a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So um, you know, they they were very you know explain the situation. Okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. Um, if you do this, we can do this type thing. So okay. I'd say don't be afraid of them. Um, front up, and they're there to help. Okay, now we're continuously hearing about uh, direct debits and how uh, hard they are to cancel. How difficult can they be to cancel? And do companies have the right to take such a hard line process? Because we've all had problems with direct debits, haven't we? So I think there's two things going on here. The, the, you've got the direct debit with the bank. You can go to the bank and cancel that, but you might have a legal contract on the other side of it. I'm talking more like with a gym or yeah. a, So you know, with a gym, you might have signed up for a two-year contract at 10 bucks a week or something, and you're trying to, you've cancelled direct debit on them after six months because you've got hardship, so you you can't to, cancel it. Person, you, you can't can cancel can. it at the bank, but you need to negotiate with that person. You've got the debt with it. It'd be like you take out a mortgage and you go to the bank and cancel your automatic payment on your mortgage. You still owe the bank your eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage, so you still owe the the gym company or whatever the money. You need to speak to them about getting out of that contract. So you can list so that we can clarify this for our listeners. You can actually, if I have a direct debit, say with. Uh, my grocery shop or yep. what something, I can go to my bank and cancel that. Yeah, and that'll be cancelled. And if you didn't owe the grocery shop any more money, he shouldn't be taking any more out. So if you look on a bank website, it says you must contact the person or organisation. You give permission to take the direct debit from your account, which is called the initiator. Otherwise, they may continue to attempt to take the payment. And that's what a gym you know, yep. is going to look and say, oh, look, I haven't okay. got a payment for the last month. Where's our money? I mean, that's that's helped me because I actually believed if you'd sign one that they can continuously take them even if you don't owe them any money if you've signed a deal. Marcus, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for Thanks. coming in. Uh, Marcus Hull with Money Talks. He's the Mortgage Ability New Zealand Director.